Hi. Welcome to Voracious, everyone, the podcast where we're reading a book and we talk to you about it. But we don't read the book out loud because that's a copyright issue. (laughs) Yeah, we only read little snippets. (laughs) I'm Taylor Gunter. My name's Marley Foster. She's joining you from Houston, Texas. And Taylor is somewhere in Iowa. <laughs> that was you, a test. <laughs> are you in Cedar Rapids? Yay! You're either in Cedar Rapids or the Quad Cities. I just don't know exactly where you are tonight. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I thought you just, like, still didn't know, like, which city I lived in. Fair enough. No, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you, BB. Thank you. We're, we can be taught. <laughs> well, should we dig into the chapter first let's do it okay go for it oh i nominate you to go first Ah, okay (laughs) (laughs) well i'll just do like overview okay take it away or should i or should i just tell like one part like one person's storyline that i really liked follow your heart Mm. okay Tareen's story really stood out to me um so she starts and she also starts off the chapter um Mm -hmm. but basically she's like like in the living room with um is his name Rick the DJ thought it was Greg oh yeah Greg (laughs) another four letter name (laughs) um (laughs) she's with Greg and like I guess Greg had asked her to marry him and she was like you know what I'll do it. He seems like a good partner. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of sweet. But then, like, after she leans over and is like, yeah, I'll marry you, um, she kind of realizes, like, oh, shit, this party is, like, out of control. (laughs) Like, someone's throwing, like, a Waterford, like, crystal vase, like, across the room, and she's just like, we gotta reel this in. And, like, I think at the same time, like, Vanessa kind of, like, realizes it, too. And so they're like, we can't find Nina. We gotta try to, like, get this party like under control and so they like stop the music that doesn't do anything they send the like um people serving alcohol away that doesn't do anything like literally like the party goers just like don't notice and they just keep going and so finally they end up calling the police oh yeah yeah and it's just like a very icky encounter with the police yeah, it is. So, like, they call the cops as a last resort because they're trying to get people to, like, settle down and leave because at this point it's 4 a.m. and everything is absolutely, like you were saying, out of control and just no one cares. No one's paying attention to them. No one's listening. Um, oh, there's can- one with a gun. Yeah, oh, that's what. That's why they call the cops. Yeah. Someone walks downstairs and is like, I found this shotgun and shoots it. Thankfully, no one is hurt, but, like, they're they're not like it's really digressed to a point of like dramatic lack of safety so they call the cops and then the cops show up and are just incredibly patronizing and not helpful at all they keep asking where's nina where and and they're like we don't know where nina is that's why we called you like we don't know where the people who own this house is you need to just shut the party down and the cop is super gross and like very misogynistic and ends up arresting Tareen because he's being an ass and like a pig to her. And she talked back 
Um, she slaps him. Yeah, and it's totally, <laughs> it's completely warranted. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and so then basically this conflict ensues where, like, then Vanessa steps in and is trying to, like, help Tareen and, and be on Tareen's behalf, and so they arrest her. And then Greg, Tareen's fiancé, steps in. I don't think he gets arrested. But Ricky, we see Ricky yeah. again. He steps in to defend Vanessa, and they arrest him. <laughs> And so just like basically the calling the cops turns into not the cops shutting the party down, but a bust. And <laughs> yeah. they arrest like half the crew. I want to read. Oh man, where is it? I want to read the section where <laughs> everyone gets arrested. because it Like it's saying fun. everybody's crimes. Yeah. Oh man, where was it? It was really good. 345? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Okay, Tareen, Vanessa, and Ricky were all going to jail, but at least they'd put up a fight. So basically, they're getting arrested, and Tareen's fiance is, like, gonna follow them and bail them out of jail. So, like, it sucks, but, like, they'll probably be okay. Um, so, Tareen, Vanessa, and Ricky were all going to jail, but at least they'd put up a fight. Then, the police raided the house. They got the two actors hallucinating from LSD on the tennis courts, Tuesday Hendricks and Rafael Lopez, possession... The one supplying coke, Bobby Houseman, possession with intent to distribute. The two throwing serving trays like oversized ninja stars, Von Donovan and Bertram Miller, vandalism. The naked woman blowing a drummer in the middle of the lawn, Wendy Palmer, indecent exposure, <laughs> lewd contact. Wendy! <laughs> She's wildin', we love it. Uh, the ones with pockets full of what were clearly Nina's and Brandon's belongings, Ted Travis and Vicki Brooks, Grand Larceny, and the one holding a gun, Seth Whittle's possession of a loaded firearm without a license. There were so many of them that the cops had to call in a police. <laughs> it's truly, like, I kind of love this description because we're seeing everyone in this second section of the book. We have talked several times about how, like, at the beginning of each subsection yeah. of the book we've started with a different person who's and not we're like who is this like where yeah is this and going? this is the list of like most of them i think yeah. of pretty much all of them sort of in the order that they were introduced um and it's kind of funny to see their names like right next to whatever crime we'll see who gets convicted because they're like most of them are rich and famous so i doubt it much will come of this for any of them but rich and famous and quite a few of them are white mm -hmm. um, so who knows if anything will come of this but at least the party's being shut down um, that was like well um like it's cops of yeah. the party and they were like the narrator was like if this had been, like, in Compton or, like, downtown L.A., like, they would not have knocked. They would have just, like, barged in. But because it was, like, the rich, like, subtext white hills of Malibu, like, they knocked. Yeah, exactly. But then proceeded to also be unhelpful. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, like, the misogyny. Right, yeah. So we're racist and misogynistic. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> what a good luck. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so I also thought it was kind of, like, surprising that so many people got arrested. Like, maybe that was the only way that they could, like, shut this down. But, like, with that introduction of, like, they knocked and they don't knock anywhere else. Like, I was expecting people just, like, 
get off the hook. Right. Well, and he, the cop, the like main cop was so reluctant to like do anything initially. Mm. Um, so it is surprising. I feel like sort of what happened is people started pushing back at him and then to prove a point, they kind of did this. That's how it felt to me. Yeah. Or like they only started doing it like once they got riled up, like once it was like, yeah, like against the cop. Yeah, but this yeah. is what finally brings the party to an end. At the end of this portion of the chapter, it states, by the time the clock struck 5 a.m., the party of the decade was over. Yeah, so what's and the rest of the book going to be? Well, nobody knows where the Rivas are. So mm-hmm. that's all happening in the background, and I kind of like the way that that was wrapped up. So it's sort of like our clue board has been cleared of all these less relevant players Mm -hmm. we're back now to just the family but also now if we're tracking the house because we talked i think in our last episode about how like as the the family dynamic and the emotional side of things is disintegrating the house itself is also falling Mm -hmm. now the house is in a complete state of disarray and it's also empty Mm. i think that's worth notice like so so we still need a fire Something's got to catch on fire. There was a fire in this chapter. Not, like, that happened in this chapter, but do you remember that? Vaguely. Can you... Yeah, so... exactly where it was. Mick Reva's parents died in a fire. Oh, yeah. Because his mom lit it. Like, she lit the lens on fire because, like, his dad was, like, cheating on her. Yeah, okay, so let's get into that section. Yeah. we, We flash, like, while this arrest is happening and the bus is happening... We are, as the readers, are seeing the Rivas plus Casey on the beach still talking to Mick and, like, trying to figure out what's happening. And things are really coming to a head. HUD is, like, really needs to go to a hospital. Yeah. (laughs) Struggling to keep it together. Um, Like, he's going to be fine, but he really needs to get to a hospital and get his nose reset and his ribs taken care of. Um, And can I tell a, a brief side story oh, about please. getting noses broken so oh, okay no it's it's got a fine ending um <laughs> when jess picked up kona from the hospital um kona was so excited to see jess that, reference, kona is a dog yeah kona's a dog she went to the hospital but she's fine now but um jess was like leaning down to say hi to kona and like kona was like moving her head up to say hi to Jess and Kona bonked Jess in the nose so hard that Jess's nose just started like gushing blood. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Like they showed me the mask that they had been wearing. I was like, oh my, oh my holy shit. Like it was uh, a lot of blood. And that's kind of gross too, to have it all like in a mask. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. So their nose was kind of sore for a couple of days and we were like, does, does it look crooked? But I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it was maybe just like a little swollen. Like it's that's fine really now. Funny. They didn't have oh, to go man. to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Both Kinley and my dad have broken noses that have healed but were never like reset by a doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> so they they have the same nose but it's because <laughs> <laughs> like That's the same funny. way yeah. yeah i think it's funny i don't know if they think it's funny mm-hmm. kinley let us know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think kinley's was a water polo accident and then oh i remember what my dad i think has broken his nose a couple times but i remember once I was, this was when I was a kid. I was like in the kitchen doing homework 
and he was working on the car outside in the driveway and I just hear this like fuck like really loud and he had been working on the car and the the he was doing something with the brakes and the brake had like come undone and slammed him in the face oh it's like he was okay he went to urgent care and like was fine but yeah not fun no okay so yeah hud is struggling hud's nose is fucked up he's gonna join the robert and kinley (laughs) club um (laughs) if he doesn't get it set soon yeah and so they're like trying to figure out casey and casey's trying to talk to mick and is showing him the photo of her mom and explaining, like, this is who I am. I was told that you're my dad. And the to no one's surprise, but everyone's disappointment, mm. Mick does not remember her mother. And his attitude is like, it's just as likely that this is true as that it's made up. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. And then he goes into, like, all the, like... He's like, well, three lawsuits have been taken against me, but none of them were true. And then he talks yeah. about just like, and the, the kids are like, that does not make this better. Yeah, because <laughs> they're yeah. just sitting there wondering, especially Hud. Hud, Hud has an easy time accepting that Casey is their sibling, because he's like, he's wondering like how many other kids like me are yeah. out there, and so he's not quite as surprised, I think. As yeah, he like figures yeah. it out even like before anyone else. I mean, yeah. not, like, before Nina, but... Like. but Before Kit and Jay. Yeah. And so they're all just, like, disappointed. Because I guess they all sort of knew in theory that this was a possibility. But to be confronted with the reality of it and the fact that their dad, like, doesn't really remember is a real disappointment. Um, and then Mick launches into this whole thing about how, like, he always wanted to be a dad their dad but never could and wasn't capable and which is like i can kind of have some empathy for that because he's clearly not capable but he never tried really Mm -hmm. truly he never tried long term he thinks he did but he didn't and nina goes i want to read part of nina's yeah that was a really powerful really sets her off she goes off at first about do you think June was capable of like raising four children on her own after you left her twice and all this stuff, which is very valid. Um, And then like, do you think I felt capable of taking care of these children when I was in high school and my mother had drowned and she just is going on and on. And it's like everything she's had to deal with and they've had to deal with is coming out. And it's, it's amazing. It's great. Um, I'm trying to find like, because of copyright, I can't read the whole thing. But I, <laughs> I think it'd be okay to read, like, a passage. I don't think okay. we can just read a whole chapter, though. Okay. Then I'll read, like, a page or two. Okay. Nina shook her head. If you were any kind of real parent, you would know that capable has nothing to do with it. Mick frowned at her and sighed. Do you think mom felt capable of raising four children on her own? Holding her head up high when the world, when the whole world knew you'd left her twice, making all of the money and doing all of the housework and helping each of us with our homework, making every single one of our birthdays special despite having no money and no time, remembering that Jay likes chocolate cake with buttercream and Kit likes coconut cake and Hud likes yellow cake with chocolate frosting, always having the perfect number of candles. Do you think 
I felt capable of taking it all over after she fucking drowned? Do you think I felt capable of trying to pay all the bills and still scraping up enough money for coconut at the fucking Malibu Mart? Do you think I felt capable of holding each one of these guys as they woke up in the middle of the night remembering that they had essentially been orphaned? Do you think I wanted to drop out of high school so I could do it all? That I wanted to be 25 years old without a high school diploma? Mick flinched as he heard this, and when Nina saw the pinched look on his face, it pissed her off. I didn't feel capable of any of that, but did that matter? Of course not. So I've gotten up every single day since mom died, and even a lot of the days before that, and I have done what needed to be done. Capable is a question I never had the luxury of asking, because my family needed me, and unlike you, I understood how important that is. Nina, Mick tried to interject. You think I want to be here selling photos of my ass and living on this fucking cliff? No, I don't. I want to be in Portugal somewhere living in a shack on the beach, riding waves and eating the catch of the day. But I don't. I stay here. That's what it means to be a family. Staying. Not just strolling into a party after midnight expecting a hug. Nina, you're right. I'm a weak. Must be nice to be able to be weak. I wouldn't know. At this, Kit smiled to herself and quickly rested her chin on her hand in order to hide it. Nina continued, You have no idea what it takes to stand by anyone. You certainly don't know what it takes to stand by a child. Mom did that. And when mom couldn't, I tried to finish the job. No, scratch that. I didn't try to finish the job. I did finish the job. Because look at them. They're all talented and smart and good. And sure, we're not perfect, but we have integrity. We know something about loyalty. We are there for each other. All of that is because mom and I did a great job. You, you have done nothing, despite how capable you probably could have been if you gave half a shit. Because you weren't here, we learned how to go on without you. Okay, I thought this was really incredible and, like, so accurate. This is such a, like... I think relatable poignant picture of like family responsibility. And I think family Mm -hmm. responsibility and like what we owe certain people in our lives is so complicated. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of us do end up falling into some version of this role where it's like, I'm a part of this family or I'm a part of this, you know, group of people and someone has to be a leader and someone has to take care of things. And, you know, you do it. And maybe it's really hard or maybe it's really awful or maybe it's, you know, a role you shouldn't have to take on as early as you do. But, like, you do it. And then there are people who don't for whatever reason. And it doesn't always have to be as dramatic as like this that we're seeing in the Riva family. Maybe it's just like, you know, sort of your classic older sibling has slightly more responsibility than the younger sibling or the younger sibling gets away with like a little bit more, you know, it can be sort of benign like that too, but it can play out like this. And like, we do sort of find ourselves, I think in these roles sometimes, a lot of times that we didn't necessarily sign up for, but have to decide how we want to deal with Yeah. Yeah. And like through this expression of emotion, (laughs) Nina comes to the conclusion that she doesn't have room for Mick in her life anymore. And she doesn't think she owes it to him to make space for him. 
which I think it's really great that she's come to some sort of conclusion for herself, regardless of what that conclusion is. I think it's really good that she seems to be making that decision based on her own like emotions and needs. Um, yeah, but she's still like, herself. she still lets the other siblings. She's like, I'm not going to speak for them though. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Cause she, I, I don't know. It seems like she's really leaning into <laughs> Um, making decisions for herself based on what she needs. Um, but yeah, I think- and like as soon as she like says all that too, like doesn't she say she feels like a big weight is lifted? Like, yeah, just because she's been holding on to this for so long. Yeah, exactly. It was as if her tendons were loosening, leaving behind a new softness within her in places that had long ago hardened. Yeah, love and that for Nina. Yeah, it's like she can have some closure. Like, this can just be done. She just, like, fucking relax. Like, yeah. 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 Um, But I do think it's good. Like, I think true leaders of a family, like, you have to, you have to have room in any family or or any group dynamic if it's going to survive, like, for people to make decisions for themselves and for those decisions to be different. So I think it's good that she's doing that and not speaking for her other siblings. Because Mick immediately asks, like, do you all feel this way? Um, and basically, yeah, they do. I mean, yeah, like, like pretty quickly. Players. They're like, yeah. Yeah, they don't all like go off with quite the same level of intensity. But Kit nods. Pud is sad. And Jay's like, it's too late. And they feel bad about it. And they all have different, like, mixed feelings about it. But it it's true. Um, and so that's when Mick gets into his own backstory. Backstory, yeah. Because he's like, I never wanted to make you, make you feel alone. Because like, his parents, like, yeah, like, his parents, like, left him alone for, like, I don't know, his dad was gone for, like, days on end. And his mom just, like, ignored him. And then, like they like died when he was super young and left him without anything and like i so this made me feel for him but like more so than feel for him i was like you know what yes he fucked up as a parent but like i think the like generational trauma that he left his kids with was less than his parents left him with so it's like it's an improvement (laughs) (laughs) okay like, in each generation, like, you get a little bit better at parenting. Like, that's an improvement. <laughs> I guess. Is that just, like, a bare minimum way of looking at it? I mean, I don't know. I just hadn't been thinking about it in those terms at all. So I don't want to make a judgment on it right now. Fair. Um, it is interesting, though, like, getting this story at this point. Because we're getting this backstory after they've already decided they don't want relationships with him moving forward. And I think that's interesting because it's sort of like makes me question why he's sharing it at this point. Is it an explanation of why, of how we got here? Is it sort of a last ditch like appeal to their emotions Is it just, he just needs to get it out and just say it and process it himself 
It might be a little bit of all of these. That's what I was going to say. All of it. Yeah. Because it's like they've already decided it kind of is futile immediately. But I don't know. He does apologize, but, and he says he loves them, but I think Nina sums it up pretty well that, you know, that's great, but it just doesn't mean that much because he's never been able to back up apologies or love with anything else. Yeah. And that's the part, like you were talking before about like the empty house and how that house is a metaphor for like family. That's the part that resonated with me was like, maybe there's love, but it's just like empty. Yeah, that's true. Cause this, that house was never really where Nina felt at home. Yeah, yeah, so maybe it is representing all these things that are, like, supposed to be so wonderful and supposed to be, like, so full and enriching and important, and they're just hollow and kind of falling apart. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So then maybe if and when the house catches on fire, it'll be cathartic. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. We've already had a few cathartic moments, and that could be yeah. just, like, a biggest one. Oh, the um just briefly to touch at another plot point um so brandon nina's ex steals the car because he's like in an angry drunk rage and he ends up stealing nick reva's car and then he drives it into a tree but like he's like fucking okay like of course he walks away from that isn't that just typical (laughs) yeah but i forget what made me think of that but yeah yeah yeah, so it's, I mean, Brandon's still around. Brandon's still being Brandon. <laughs> oh, I think, like, if the house burnt down, like, someone would have something to lose because it's, like, his house, you know? Yeah, although I don't think, like, I think it would be more of an inconvenience to him than anything else because it's already so trashed. Like, <laughs> maybe it'd be, like, convenient if the house was burned down and he's like, okay, let me just get the insurance. Watch him get a bunch of insurance house. money from it. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, but then if, like, he and Nina are still, like, actually married and then they get a divorce, like, she could take half that money. Theoretically. Potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, these are the two major things we're left with in this section is we've got all the partygoers in the, like, being kicked out slash arrested. (laughs) Um, Brandon's in the car. But everyone's leaving. Everyone's dispersing. The house is empty. We finally have some closure with Mick, where they've heard him out. He said everything that he seemingly could say at this point, and they've decided not to have relationships with him going forward. But I think what we're left with now is like, what does this mean? What is like, we've had this huge blow up, basically. What are all the siblings going to do? Like, what's going to become of Hud and Ashley? What's going to become of Hud and Jay? What's going to happen to Jay? He still hasn't said anything about his heart condition. Yeah, I've thought that too. Like, I just remembered that. Yeah, like, Kit came out. Let's not forget that a few hours ago, Kit came out to herself and Ricky. Um, and Nina is having this whole, like, quarter-life crisis transformation. Um, I say that in the best way, like, but she, you know, they're all having their inner worlds, like, turned upside down. Um so what's what's going to come of them individually and how are they going to move forward as 
a family. Is Casey going to be included or not? Or sort of, or, you know, like. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll get these answers. I do feel like. We don't have much left. We don't have much time left. I do feel like Nina's story, like, I feel the most closure with her story so far. Yeah, me too. Like, she's just had a lot of development and I can kind of see, like. Like, maybe she will end up on a beach in Portugal. She's like... gonna be, I mean, that's one of the thing that I, things that I feel about all four of them is, like, they're going to be okay. Oh, yeah. And that's something that we've seen, like, through Nina's character is that consistently they're going to be okay. Partly because she's going to make sure of it. Um, but I also think them as individuals are now, I think the other three siblings are finally stepping into a place where they can take more care of themselves. Yeah, they're more grown up. Yeah. 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 And it seems like they're all sort of loving and respecting that Nina is acting differently. I don't think they've quite figured it out yet because it's happening really quickly, mm-hmm. but they're into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. I've never been to a party that wild. I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> My attitude is if shit starts being thrown, it's time to leave. Yeah. You don't want to be in the middle of that. Someone's no. peeing on a Lichtenstein. No. Gross. <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah, and so we've only got... We have one, two, three sections left. Oh my gosh. And the oh, next one's really yeah. short. The next one is really short. So, uh, I don't want to do a double episode because... I don't know. Keep stressing it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we don't have to do a double episode because I feel like, mm, like even if it not much happens in the next chapter, like, okay, either like not much is gonna happen and it's just like dragging it out until the end, not in like a bad dragging out way, but in just like an anticipatory way. Yeah. Or we're gonna get some fucking big bombshell in like one sentence. I know. Okay, well, I was everything. talking to my mom the other day and she's finished the book and she said we're really gonna like the ending. I don't know what that means. Oh. But that makes me hopeful that there is some sort of big bombshell at the end. Oh. Yeah, I know. That's intriguing. I know. So I'm excited about it. But yeah, okay. Is there anything else we need to say about this chapter? I don't think so. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listening public? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, we can just keep it. Keep it to the book talk today. Do you have anything you want to share? Wow, amazing. I don't think we've ever done that. I know. Uh, that was late, y'all. It's it is a little late. On a Monday night. Um, no. Nothing urgent. Excited to see how this is all going to end. Sad that it's almost over. We really do need to start thinking about our next book. But, yeah. Also, if we take, maybe, like, we take a break for the holidays. Well, we were talking about, like, brainstorming over the holidays like yeah season two is gonna come back bigger and better absolutely because season one is almost over and it's been a lot of fun hell yeah so we might oh but we might be doing something special for our final episode of the season so do stay tuned for that oh yes um here and on instagram yes 
Yes. Okay. Well, I hope everyone has a nice uh, fall holiday. I hope you get to do some things you love with some people you like. Like going uh, to the Harry concert. Yeah. Okay. So my name on. <laughs> yeah. Did you see my name on? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, it's Happy Harry's Giving. So we all. I mean, I don't know if we all know this, but I think many of us acknowledge that Thanksgiving is a problematic holiday in that its origins are um, romanticized vastly. Um, So I prefer to spend this time of year not celebrating traditional American Thanksgiving, but rather just like spending time with loved ones and taking, you know, some conscious time to take a break um, and sort of celebrate and mourn the year that's passing. Uh, this year, I'm going to see Harry Styles again mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. <laughs> um, and we'll be driving back on Thursday. So it's going to be a pretty chill, uh, non-traditional holiday for me, which I'm looking forward to. Dang, yeah, Are you driving up Wednesday? Yeah. The show's okay. Wednesday night. So we're going to leave at like 6 in the morning. <laughs> Is Robert going with you? Yeah, my dad's driving me, driving with me. That's cute. That's that's family time. Like I, I know. know. Yeah, it'll be fun. He and I haven't road tripped together in a few years, but we have a good time. One of my favorite things to do. <laughs> I used to be really obnoxious with this when I was younger. Is whenever I have him in the car, just ask him like personal questions <laughs> because he can't escape. <laughs> I have a captive audience. Um, so I don't know. I don't really have any like pressing uh, emotional conversations. I think we need to have. But we'll see what comes up because it's going to be like an eight-hour drive both ways. So. Yeah, it's a lot of time. I do feel like yes. you'll listen to some good jams together. Oh, and yeah. I like I mean, y'all will put together a good road trip playlist. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to have him listen to both Harry albums mm-hmm. or at least parts of both. But that'll only take a couple hours. So That's cute. I was talking with my mom earlier and she um, – because she's been listening to the pod and she was like, yeah, I didn't – I didn't really know about Harry Styles before, but I listened to some of his stuff and I get it. Yes. <laughs> like she was into it. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Convert everyone. <laughs> we actually, I mean, really like there's a lot of hype and I understand if like people aren't down for that and he's by no means perfect, but I do think he's incredibly talented and I don't think like the talent can be denied. So I'll leave it at that. Oh, Spotify Wrapped is coming up. <gasps> when? I think they come out like during the holidays, but I heard oh. that they stop like counting your data on Halloween. I don't know if that sounds true. right. So, but what are your guesses for yourself? Like, what do you think your top three are going to be? Um, top three songs. Number one would be Serotonin by Girl in Red. <laughs> <laughs> on brand. Um, Number two, let me see. Maybe like Deja Vu by Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, we love. And then like maybe Breadwinner by Casey Musgraves. Slash or, okay, I'm going to go like top five. Um, Invisible String. Been listening to okay. that a lot. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's what gotten you into Taylor. Yeah. I, I really like Invisible String and New Year's Day. Those are really sweet. Yeah. I just don't like breakup songs if I'm not breaking up with someone. Anyway. That's fair. Taylor Swift has a lot of breakup songs. Yeah. It's about half. Yeah. Um, And then my number five 
oh what was it gonna be oh maybe like um ty verde's like do you know the song like um i'm trying to think of how the chorus goes it's like she said, you're a player, aren't you? Yeah. And I bet you got hoes. You <laughs> wouldn't be into that. Okay, that's like, Jess is in my song, though, so. That's hilarious. <laughs> Good to know. I'll work that into the wedding slideshow. Yeah, I don't know if they would say that's our song. Maybe. You should ask okay. them. I'll pull them. I, we can have multiple songs in the wedding slideshow. We'll, we'll make it work. Cool. Um, what are your yeah. three to five? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my top songs are going to be. Wow. Um, top artists. I'm pretty confident. One Direction is going to be one of my top okay. <laughs> like like One Direction. <laughs> one Direction. One Direction is going to be in there. Probably One Direction. Harry Styles, and then third is probably going to be either Casey Musgraves or Zayn. Because I found, like, Zane's solo stuff, I actually really like to listen to when I'm, like, reading or working. Hmm, okay. Because I feel like his albums are very um, cohesive. So when I put them on, it's, like, a consistent vibe. Yeah. Like, like, huge ups or downs that are kind of jarring when you're, like, in a flow. So it might be him or it might be Casey Musgraves, just like top three artists. Maybe Taylor Swift. I don't think so, though. I think she'll be in mine. I think she'll be in mine. I've been studying. You have. Didn't do my homework. Maybe Louis Tomlinson will be up there. I bet maybe a Louis Tomlinson song will be one of my top songs. Because okay. I was listening to him a lot like earlier this year, especially before london <laughs> yeah before during and after london <laughs> um, top songs yeah so maybe something off of walls uh maybe david bowie's let's dance i've just like, put mm. that on a playlist this year it's very it's good it's let's great. dance yeah do, we do, love it uh, do, do, do. maybe that maybe um adore you that's my favorite harry style song so like it would make sense if that was in the top it's a good one yeah i think maybe. my top artists oh did you have more oh i was gonna say maybe space cat casey musgrave space cowboy that might be one of my top songs mm-hmm. that's a good one that's i awesome. think one of my top artists will be okay i don't know how to say so his name is quinn xcii but i don't know if it's like quinn 92 or if you're actually supposed to say the xcii um no well, one laughed at me. Knew it, that, that I looked it up. Oh. I had to look it up. I was like, this is probably his like birth year, but I didn't like <laughs> looked it up. <laughs> um, and then I think Goth Babe will be one of my other top artists. I think you'd like their stuff. It's pretty like okay. pretty upbeat. Cool. Um, yeah, send me some stuff. Yeah. I'll share with you my my wrapped. Yeah, I'll share too. <laughs> Maybe glass animals. I'm just like you do through. like glass animals. You've been a glass animals fan for a while. Yeah. Did you? You were you were with me when we saw them at ACL, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was. And that person did like coke, just like yeah. right in front of us. That's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> we were so young. So naive. I think that was my 20th birthday weekend. What we went sophomore year in 2015, yeah, yeah, that would have been my 20th birthday weekend. Wow, 
Babies. It's been a minute. One of the check-in questions, like, for our cohort this week was, like, what age do you feel like you are? And I put, like... Oh, I God. F- <laughs> <laughs> well, I put, like, I feel like I'm a teenager. And then I'm, like, really surprised when people, like, refer to me as an adult and, like, have responsibilities for me. That's hilarious. See, I feel like in some ways I'm, like, 35. And in other ways, I'm, like, 17. 15. <laughs> so it evens out to about 26. Yeah, I think that would be, like... Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, but pretty close. So, like, evens out, but it really depends on the scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So when are you and Jess leaving for the wedding? Wednesday morning. Cool, travel safe. So prob- yeah, can... probably around, like, when you and Robert leave. Yeah, we're flying. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll travel Which safe. Nice. Thanks. Hope all goes well. Hope you'll have a great time. You're going to look wonderful. Please send me pictures of both your outfits. Oh my god, yes. I'm very excited. Like, I don't usually put this much thought into one outfit. No, you really don't. It's fine. You always look good, but yeah, you're much, you're usually much more casual. Yeah, so it's kind of fun, like, as, like, yeah, like, it's fun as, like, I wouldn't want to do it all the time because it's a lot of effort. Um, Yeah. I've been wearing my heels around my apartment to practice. Oh, good. And break them in. (laughs) Good, good. I was, like, cooking and, like, doing housework, and I'm like, (laughs) I feel like a fancy housewife. (laughs) That's hilarious. Is this going to open a door for you? Possibly. (laughs) Good to know. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that's all I got in me tonight. I think I need to watch this old episode of survivor and cuddle my cat and go to bed uh cuddle velma extra for me because i don't have paloma right now oh yes i know you'll get to see paloma tomorrow though right wednesday morning wednesday morning i don't know what day it is yes i will she's been here with us for all of recording yeah i heard her little jingles occasionally love her (laughs) she loves y'all too oh well this has been voracious Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you all next week with another episode, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. But until then, a happy Harry's giving to all. And to all a good night. All a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, love you, bye. (laughs) Love you, bye.